Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Well, welcome back to the 2X Podcast. I am your host, as I am every week, Bill Kasky. Today, we are going to talk about how do you know if you're an amateur or a professional? And I think this is extremely important to, I was reading a guy named Cal Newport, who wrote a book several years ago called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And it's a book, he's a Harvard professor, or Harvard or MIT, I'm not sure. And he has studied the art of learning and the art of achievement and success. He's a young he's a young professor, probably in his 30s. He looks like he's 18, but he's really smart. And he's written several books. He wrote a book called Deep Work about how to really study and how to how to really change your mind and your your mental capacity so you can succeed in business and in this world. Anyway, so good you can't ignore you was really about how do you improve your career skills, your career capital as he calls it. And the first step is knowing where you're starting from. And I think that's the way that we want to address this today. But before we begin, I want to invite you or your leader, if you're a sales professional and you have sales managers inside your firm, then I would recommend that they go to billkasky.com forward slash rise webinar. I'm doing a webinar on July 26th at noon. It's called Rise of the World Class Sales Leader. And the premise of it is that I, in my work with sales teams, I see sales leaders and their teams not performing, not just because the sales team is not good or or not healthy or their well-being is bad, but because the sales manager, the sales leader is a little off. So I have created a, uh, really, I've done a lot of research over the past six months and and have really created uh, what I think is a fantastic way to begin the journey from wherever the leader is to world class. That's why I call it the world class sales leaders, because I think when you look at athletes and high performers of any kind and look at those who have world class recognition, I think we can learn something from them and I think we can apply it to ourselves. So rise of the world class sales leader. It's not really for salespeople. It's for managers, directors, regional VPs, etc. Anybody who has a sales team uh, that reports to them would be perfect. July uh, 26th at noon, go to BillKasky.com slash Rise webinar. All right. So I've assembled a list of 10 things. It's kind of like you know you're a redneck when, and it's not. those aren't my words. Don't get mad at me. Those are the words of Jeff Foxworthy. I know that some of you like him, some of you don't. Comedian, but he had a brilliant shtick back in the uh, probably 90s. You know you're a redneck when or if. And so here's my deal is I think you know you're an amateur or at least in that direction if if any of these 10 things are happening to you. So I'm going to go through these 
I don't have a freebie today, but I would recommend you just take note and draw a line down the left side of the page, one through 10, and just rank yourself, grade yourself on any of these. And if you find yourself grading yourself a C or below, and be honest and, and be, be highly self-aware here, uh, because it's too easy on these self-assessments to, uh, to cheat it. But I don't want you to cheat it because you're too important to cheat it. So here's number one. You are more excited about selling your product than the customer is about solving their problem with it. In other words, you're enthusiastic and you're grinning ear to ear when you walk into a sales call or into a meeting. You're excited, but you're not seeing them be as excited. And I think it's a, it's a scale thing. I don't ever want you to be more excited about selling your product than your customer is about solving the problem. In fact, I don't want to be grinning ear to ear. If they're telling me their problems and their pains and they're sharing some deep, dark inner secrets with me about how they've got to change and how their life has to change, don't be smiling. Don't be excited. Oh, well, that's, that's great. Uh, girl, well, I think you're going to really like our solution. Shut up, man. Come on. If this person has just shared with you some kind of deep, dark secret, don't be smiling. I know you may be ecstatic about their problem because you think, okay, they've got a great problem. Awesome. I can help them solve it. I can. Okay. That's all right. Just don't show it. And just don't say it. You've got to be a little bit of a master of disguise here. So don't be more excited about selling your product. Just enough. Stop it. It doesn't matter. You know, you, th- you think you're excited and you think that excitement uh, is contagious. It ain't. It gets in the way. Number two, you close less than 40% of the deals you quote. Now, I had to find an arbitrary number here because the national average of deals quoted to deals closed is about 12%, or I should say closed to quoted, 12%. 12% of the national average, business to business, the uh, deals that get quoted get closed. Well, that tells me that 88% of the deals don't. Hey, how about that? Math genius I am. But I don't think 12% is a good number at all. I think spending 88% of your time working on something that doesn't occur or won't occur, and I, I know you'll say, well, but it could occur sometime. Yeah, okay. Tell me how many of those you've had that have come back. Answer, probably none. So I just arbitrarily put, and I look at the highly successful, effective, efficient sales professionals. And if you have a sales team, you you know who these people are. You should be closing at least 40% of the deals you quote. I would actually say I've got a couple clients who are up in the 60 to 70% range. Now, the rea- the reality is they don't quote a lot of deals. They don't have to which makes their life easier. They're not running to their quoting department, and every time they run in, the quoting department rolls their eyes, and, oh, God, here comes Caskey again, coming in with a big quote. It's going to take us 100 hours, and we have a 1 in 10 chance of getting it. No. So you take a lot of stress off the business if you quote fewer deals and get more of them. Number three, price becomes an objection that you consistently find yourself handling. If you find yourself dealing with this, well, you're 10% high, or, you know, we don't have it in the budget, or, oh, boy, I didn't know there was going to be that much. If you find yourself dealing with that, you're screwing up somewhere earlier in the sales process. You're jacking it up. You're screwing it up. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to be. I, I, I got to be direct with you. I want you to grow from amateur status to professional status. You can't do it if you're constantly facing price objections. 
You just can't. So the an- antidote or the answer to that is start handling price up front. Correct engineer the sales process so that price is not a problem. Number four, nothing is written down. It bewilders me how little writing down occurs in the sales department. And by this, I mean, if you can't, if you haven't written something down, let's just say that you have a script or a guide or something that you typically do on the first call, then is it written down somewhere? Has it been circulated? Does it, does everybody have one that you share amongst the team or the VP of sales shares it? so that we can develop some best practices. It's hard to, you can't develop best practices just by verbal. How do you do it, John? Oh, this is how I do it, blah, blah, blah. How do you do it, Fred? Oh, this is how I do it. There's never a way to re-document something that hasn't been documented in the first place. So write things down, things like your initial call script. And again, by script, I don't mean I know you're not going to read it, Uh, But you need to have something to go by, a checklist of some kind. These are the 10 things I need to find out on the first call. Or if it's a webinar, these are the 10 things I always need to make sure that I work through on the webinar. Write it down. I can always tell a professional because they have it written down somewhere. It could be on their phone, could be in a document, but it's documented somewhere. Here's another giveaway that you're an amateur. You only think about yourself during the sales call. You're thinking about, well, where am I going to sit? How, how is my tie looking? Uh, how am I dressed? How do, how do I sound? Did, did what I just asked, did that come across okay? I mean, I'm okay if you're self-aware of your own behavior. Of course, you, you need to be. But if you're preoccupied and obsessed with you, it doesn't leave you any room to be obsessed with them and curious about their issues and their problems and their pains. If you want to be a professional today, you've got to be curious. Even if you're not genuinely curious, you've got to you've got to figure out a way to learn that skill of curiosity. I think it's a skill. I don't think it's something you're either born or not born with. But you've got to be curious. And if you're curious, then that means you're not focused on yourself, you're focused on them. Amateurs focused on themselves, pros focused on the prospect and their circumstances. Number 6. You are needy you really need the business, but you think you hide it. You think, oh, I'm savvy. I'm really clever. I can hide my neediness and desperation. Oh, the customer never sees that with me. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. I know you've heard me say that on this podcast before and other things that I've done. Yes, they do. There is a sixth sense that we all have. You've been out to dinner with somebody or you've had a situation where you've been in front of somebody and they just don't seem, they don't seem them, seem themselves. I mean, people that you know and you go out with, there's something, something's going on there. They just don't seem right. Well, that's the same thing your prospect is saying internally, maybe not externally, but internally about you. When you're desperate and needy and you're operating from a place of restriction and lack and, and scarcity, they notice. So don't think you hide it. The amateur thinks they hide it. And then it gives them permission to feel desperate all the time. The pro knows you don't hide it. And you've got to figure out a way to get out of it, knowing that you don't hide it, so that when you show up, you give off a vibe of abundance. Number seven, you're above learning anything new. You haven't read a book or listened to a podcast in ages. Why would I do that? I know, I know it all. And yet, I look at winners and professionals 
and they're constantly, they have earbuds in their ears, and you say, what are you listening to? I'm listening to a podcast. I'm listening to an interview. I'm listening to an audio book. Constantly learning and listening, putting things into their own brain that are going to help them become better for their clients, for their managers, for themselves, for their families, and for whoever else you're doing all this for in addition to yourself. So you've got to get beneath the notion that I'm, I'm good enough the way I am. And it doesn't mean that you're not, you shouldn't be content with where you are, but you can be content and growing and learning. So don't be above learning new things. Number eight, you spend a lot of time in presenting and explaining the solution and almost no time in diagnosis. So it's a sign of an amateur when you jump and vault to the presentation or to the solution step in the sales process. Don't. Stay in diagnosis stage for a long time. I guarantee you, if I followed you in on a sales call or in a, in a process, and you thought you had found the problems, I bet you I could find two to three times the problems that you just missed, because not because you didn't care, and not because maybe you didn't even try, but because you were anxious to vault to the proposal stage. Spend more time in diagnosis. Spend it there. That's where the, that's where the money is for you. As a 2Xer, somebody who's going to double your practice, double your business, double your fun, double your joy, spend it in diagnosis and stop smiling. I can see you smiling when you're diagnosing somebody's problem. Don't do that. It's not funny. Okay, number nine. You erroneously think selling is about convincing and persuading. There's this idea widely held that selling is about convincing and persuasion. And it permeates lots of organizations, and I find it to be a big killer of motivation and a big killer of results. I would prefer, as a pro, that you are interested in attracting customers to you rather than persuading them to do business with you. Now, I think persuasion can be a valuable tool, but not in the traditional sense where you're talking someone into something. I think that's, that's uh, as we call it, little p persuasion is when you're there <clears throat> actually persuading and trying to talk someone through something and into something. Capital P persuasion is when you show up and you are detached from the outcome, you are curious about their issue, you're very communicative about how you would solve the problem, and they ask you to come in and solve it and pay you a lot of money for it. That's capital P persuasion. Capital P persuasion, nobody ever feels like they were persuaded then. They always feel like they were persuaded by the amateur who deals with low P persuasion. Number 10, it's been years since you've studied any data on your business. Amateurs have no idea what the numbers are. Pros know every number. Amateurs don't know how many calls a month they make. They don't have any graph that helps them see that there's trends in terms of what they talk about, how they how they prospect, what kinds of actions they take, how many people are coming to the LinkedIn articles, how many people they're connecting with on the site. They don't have any idea about data. They see data as something beneath them. Hey, I'm a sales professional. I'm a sales pro. I don't, I don't need data. Yeah, okay. But data will tell you a lot about what's working and what's not. And if you're an 80-20 kind of seller where you're focused on what 20% of actions can I take that represent 80% of my results, you better have data. 
or data, as it were. I call it data. So if you're an amateur, you will not care about data. If you're a pro, you know, I, I don't want you to be obsessed with it. Sometimes we can be so obsessed with data that we don't, it paralyzes, we don't do anything with it. But just be conscious of it. So those 10 things, how did you score? How'd you do? If you were to draw the line, the spectrum on the left is amateur on the right, professional, did you find you were below the line sometimes, that middle line of five, or were you nearing perfection? But it's an interesting exercise because it really forces you to confront genuinely where are you. And I want to help you get down to the professional end of that spectrum. So I hope that's helped. Once again, if you are a sales leader, manager, sales director, or you know of one or many, have them go to billkasky.com forward slash rise webinar, and they can find out more about the webinar and register there. Billkasky.com forward slash rise webinar. We're going to be taking a look at how to become a world-class sales leader. I've got some really interesting trends and stats and ideas on how to help you do that. Or again, if it's not you who's a leader, pass it on to somebody who is. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.